Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Babylon 5, Season 5, Episodes 17 through 19, Movements of Fire and Shadow, The Fall of Centauri Prime, and The Wheel of Fire. So we are getting right up into the end of the season. I think there's three episodes remaining after these three, so we have in the last six episodes of the season. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Babylon 5 is almost done for us, so... Uh, Adam, why don't you get us rolling with uh, Movements of Fire and Shadow? Yeah, well, Movements of Fire and Shadow, the war with the Centauri is up and going. The uh, Centauri are going around destroying jump gates, which would completely destroy uh, interstellar travel. And uh, and norms, the, uh, right? It's like a violation of, of a norm that's existed for some time. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it's 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 still cool when Sinclair does it to destroy a shadow ship, though that's different. <laughs> but uh, well, he was doing it for a dead planet, but so they they, they gave him an out there. But uh, yeah, and there's uh, uh, other plot lines going on. Sinclair, sorry, Sinclair, where am I getting Sinclair from? Sheridan is uh, looking into getting White Star destroyers made, so they have some big heavy ships in their fleet. Uh, Veer is concerned that the Drazi are not returning any dead bodies from the uh, battles and uh, wants to know what's happening with their dead. And uh, Londo is, uh, has been doing more of his digging into what's going on. Oh, and Lita and Franklin have to go to uh, Drazi to look into the uh, problem that Veer's having with the missing bodies. I, and, I, uh, I'll go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, yeah, and of course the other... The, uh, some of the, the Drakiri and the uh, Drazi both really, really, really want to go attack the uh, Centauri homeworld. And uh, Sheridan is not happy about that. So Yeah, this, this was, I mean, this is like a two-part episode, really, right? Like this and the next episode are really kind of linked, if I remember. So much so yeah, that it says, like, yeah. last episode on Babylon 5. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the plotline with Veer and and the and the bodies in the ships and and Lita and Franklin going to investigate. Um, the other yeah. stuff was good too, but it was sort of more big scale events. But this uh, number one, I think this was really important, especially with the stuff that happens with Lita down the road. If we didn't get another Lita episode that connected her to another character like Franklin, I think it wouldn't have had as much of an impact three episodes from now when we get there. So. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was good, but also just the, the premise was cool. I thought it was a cool premise. The, uh, the number one, the idea that they're not sending bodies back is kind of like, it's an intriguing, like, well, okay, what's going on? And then yeah. the, the reveal was, was, I thought, I thought that was pretty <laughs> interesting. So. Yeah. And the pods were, uh, visually, visually nice. They were, they were nice menacing in an invasion of the body snatchers kind of way. So I liked those as well. <laughs> And they basically have these organic pods that can pilot ships on their own, right? So they don't need a crew. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, basically the, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's how they've been doing it with so few people on Centauri Prime knowing about it. I, I do have to say that does seem like a, a really extreme solution to the problem. Like in an age when you have <laughs> co advanced computers, I would think that... Uh, a simple program would have been the way to go, but that's largely a problem in classic science fiction. Yeah. I mean, this being a show that draws on classic science fiction, I mean, it's like, you know, when you read like a, a science fiction classic like Gateway by Frederick Pohl, it's a, one of the best science fiction books there is, and I highly recommend it. But you know, the premise there is they're, they've found this, you know, this this asteroid full of all these alien ships that are pre-programmed to go places, and they they have to send these crews on almost suicide missions to see where these ships lead. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can't you just put like a camera on it and have it go and come back? Can't you automate this? But, but no, they can't because the automation of uh like that doesn't exist to them. But uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely a classic science fiction issue. But it still works. It's not. It's not a critique on my part. It's just. It just is no. something I was noticing. Um, but I think the pods are the best. You know, I, it's a more satisfying uh, reveal than if it was like an AI machine. You know, like a new, yeah. like a new advanced uh, program to, to 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 pilot a ship. 
Yeah, um, they just got a, a Google, you know, self-driving program installed would be a, kind of a letdown. But now, in this one, did uh, do Delenn and Lanier get attacked by the end of the episode, or is that? Um... Uh, yeah, they get it. They do get attacked on this episode. That that's actually part of the plot line with the uh, with Sheridan wanting the destroyers. Yeah. Uh, no. He, uh, he sends her back to get Minbari uh, approval for the whole plan, which is where she gets attacked. Yeah, this does not seem like a good time to send Delenn into space alone on a mission like that. I, I, I understand yeah. it's critical and it's got to be super secret, but like they got they need to have other people aside from Delenn and Lonier and people of that have you know like the president can't be going out on secret missions. The president's wife can't really be going out on secret missions. Well. It's I don't know. In this case, there is there is a qualifier in that getting to see the Great Council is in of itself something very few people ever get to do. You know, I mean, it's been established that, you know, that I, that, you know, I mean, like Lanier probably couldn't, you know, if they sent Lanier, he probably couldn't even get in to see the Great Council. So. I, I, they kind of had to, and I mean, and we know as watchers, the Centauri, hey, the Centauri War is going to be over in a couple of days, just wait, but, but for all they know, it's going to drag on for a year, so. Okay, that's, I, I think that's a fair response, that's probably, that, 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 uh, I, I think that alleviates some of my criticism there. I would still say, though, he shouldn't <laughs> be sending Lanier alone with Delenn at this point. I think it should be obvious to him uh, what, yeah. what what that could lead to. And and also, you know, we find out she's pregnant in a couple of episodes from now. And my first thought was, well, wait a second, is that definitely Sheridan's child? Like, I don't know for sure. Um, you know, there's I enough... think so. Based on based on her reaction with Lanier on the ship next episode, I, I think it's going to be well, pretty how about sure. This? Let's talk about these two episodes together as one thing, because I think so much of the stuff ties in, and I want to I want to address that before I get to it, because I I know we've disagreed on this a little bit. And I think I disagree with most people, but uh-huh. I really feel like she's sending him strong mixed signals anytime this subject comes up, and I because okay, if somebody mm-hmm. expresses romantic interest in you and you have none the way to to not to make sure that that doesn't go forward any further is to physically like create physical distance between the two of you like don't yeah don't make things more intimate her reaction is always to touch him tenderly on the cheek and get closer and and so in the situation that unfolds where he he says delen i love you because they you know they, they think they're gonna die and it's a reasonable thing for him to say in that moment given his feelings and she kind of smooths it over for him in a nice way. She's like, you know, like, oh, I didn't hear you. And then she says, oh, you know, people say crazy things all the time. It didn't, nothing happened. You know what I mean? You know, she, she gives him like, the, the only problem that really with her solution is she, she offered up all eight of them rather than just picking one. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it's uh, like the, I didn't hear you was perfect. Just yeah. say that and shut yeah. up. But no, she, they, she then goes out there. Oh, you did hear me. <laughs> well, I, what I'm thinking, my interpretation of that was she realized that, that he knew she heard her. And so then she yeah. moved to the next one. She, but, she already made the classic Han Solo move by that point too. Of you know, I love you. I know it's a <laughs> yeah. There was that. Well, and that was definitely I think there for that reason. Um, but then when she talks to him about it, she holds his hand, and yeah, and 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 she's saying things that on paper look like she's kind of rejecting him. But if you're a hopeful, you know you know, young attache. Well, I guess he's not a young attache anymore, but if you're a hopeful person desperate for somebody to love you, you're going to read all of that stuff in the most optimistic light you can. Yeah. And, uh, and also, I agree. I agree during that episode, she handled things. But, but I also wasn't convinced she didn't reciprocate his feelings in that scene. I had a, that's why I had that question mark when she said she was, was when, when they said she was pregnant because I was like, well, they're on this long voyage together and there's this whole sequence of time that they skip over after they know they're about to be rescued. We don't really know what happened there. And so, and, and, and that was a very intimate moment. So I, I, I mean, I, granted, I don't, I don't think that most, I don't think that that's where the show is and going to end up going. But as a viewer, I was really wondering like, okay, whose <laughs> child is this? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I my feeling with what she's doing that I I kind of disapprove of is that yeah, I mean she does she does genuinely view Lanier as a friend, like and she cares about him a lot. But it's just when when you know you know 
I mean, when you have someone that's got a crush on you, you can't keep asking them to do things for you. It's like yeah, that's yeah. you can't you can't make him your go to guy anytime you need a dangerous job. And it's like and she's been doing that. And it's like, you know, anytime I've had someone that's got a crush on me, it's like I still try to be civil and talk to them and that kind of thing. But you keep this distance. and You don't go, hey, will you do this for me? Because, you know, they will. And it's yeah. just it's there's just a level of almost abusiveness to it when you're kind of kind of aware of a situation like that she is aware of it so i don't know i i i don't i i i i i definitely i definitely side with you that she's sending mixed signals but i i don't know i don't know if the mixed signals are because she also is in love with him or anything too i uh i don't think anything's happening there yeah i but, i don't know i just had that thought i had that thought and i and i and i think that again i mean the, it's I, I it's definitely a mixed signal um mm-hmm. and uh and 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 lanier you know lanier is not just some nerdy priest anymore now he's like a man of action and there's like there's a there's a degree there's like a dangerousness about him now that that like i'm yeah. becoming aware of and obviously it was planted by that unfortunate interview that i that like a spoiler <laughs> that i that i saw again i don't know exactly what happens it's just that he hinted that the character goes in a direction that he you know that it seemed to suggest he betrays sheridan or something um but but you can just see it it's just like oh this guy's becoming a dangerous man and you know who knows what he's capable of you know like maybe he's gonna like you know uh you know drop kick sheridan and grab you know like i i don't know i don't know where he could go um you know he just is you know, like like in a, in in a moment of impulse he's now got the means to to eliminate somebody that's in his way do you know what i mean and yeah. And so I feel like it's playing with fire at this point. And again, it makes for good drama. So it's good. It's, it's good for the show. I just, yeah. I just say, you're just sort of, un- oh. you're just sort of like, why stop? Don't do that. Um, yeah. But I mean, him going off and joining the Rangers could have been a good thing. If the land didn't keep calling him in for these special assignments all the time. It's like, oh, fine. He's, he's going off. He's starting a new life. Then a few months he meets new people. It's like it, he gets it out of his system, but her, her summoning him to do these things all the time it's like that you know, it's it, it doesn't allow that to happen and so uh, yeah yeah I, I i mean and again it's a um the reason why i'm reacting so strongly to it is cuz i mean lanier was my favorite character very mm-hmm. early on and so it's been it's been very painful to watch him go down this path as a as yeah. a viewer cuz i really like that character I think I think it's the right choice to be honest. Uh, when I first caught wind of it, I was like, I don't know. But now I, I think I think otherwise he might have been stuck in sort of a, an odd role where he's just kind of comic relief or something. And now he's got like a little bit more of a direct, uh, line into the main plot that, you know, he he, he sort of grew as a character, um, but he also got a little dark, and uh, and I think it makes sense given everything he's been through, so. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm going to see how it plays out because I'm like, it's been a long time since I've watched, so I'm, I'm kind of hazy on the specifics. So I, I don't know if I'm going to end up hating this development or liking it this time. We'll see. But, uh, but, but we should get into the next episode because we're, uh, we're you know, we, uh, we, we, we want to, we want to sort of tie that to what we were talking about, and I don't want to gloss sure. over all the events. So do you want to, uh, um, give the brief rundown of, of the next episode? Yeah, well, the, the previous, I mean, moment, movements of uh, Fire and Shadow uh, ended with the Centauri Prime getting bombarded. The, uh, the uh, Regent uh, sent all the ships away and, uh, and uh, turned off the defense systems that they had and just left it wide open. So we, we had the previous episode end with, uh, with the terrible bombardment. Oh, we, we did forget one thing, actually, in that episode. While they were in the cell, we had the weird, uh, possibly, although the dream sequence thing that uh, Londo has, too, but, uh, that, which leads into that before he gets out of the cell. But, uh, but yeah, so this is, this is the bombardment of Centauri Prime. Uh, we have the negotiations that end up with the war coming Londo. Londo has to accept his role as uh, getting his his keeper, 
And uh, I, I, I mean, there's just a lot going on in this episode. It's and he becomes emperor, right? This is the episode. He becomes right? emperor in this episode. Yes. Yeah, I, I, as a whole, I loved this storyline, and I, and I sort of held mm-hmm. off talking about the Londo stuff just because I knew it was going to become more relevant by this episode. But yeah. I thought this was a great storyline because I've been really nervous about the. I, there are a lot of characters I'm nervous about. Everybody's kind of going and. It's good because they're sort of they're taking people into risky territory, and Londo is one of the most risky uh, characters at the moment. Where, you know, I we don't, you know, we we the the hope on the viewer is that Londo is redeemed, and you don't know what what's going to become a Londo over the course of the next uh, the next episodes and in the finale. Yeah, except for the glimpses that we've seen, and I really liked. Because I was wondering, like, how is he going to allow that to happen to himself? Like, like, why can't he stop this? Yeah. And and and, it, and the only thing I had to go on was the keeper, and and I kind of knew it was something that's attached to his shoulder, and it tells him what to do, and if he doesn't, he kills him or something. But I know Londo well enough to know that he could, he would just say, "Hey, screw you, kill me." You know what I mean? Like, he, like at a certain yeah. point, he's not going to want to play ball. But but what are they called? The Drock? Is that the name of the the, the Drock? Yeah. So. So he learns that there's this race, the Drock, which is controlling the 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 prime minister, not not um, the, the region, region, the region, and they took a play out of Londo's playbook, which is yeah. they 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 filled they 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 just put explosives everywhere, and they're just going to blow stuff up if if uh, if he doesn't do what they want. So so that's the thing, like that makes sense. It makes sense that he would he would he would play along because he doesn't want his people to die. Um, yeah, that's I mean that's Londo's prime thing. He he looks out for his people. That's like above everything else. That is his his main motivation, you know. So that it, yeah, because I was wondering too, because as I said, I I'm, my memories are really hazy on this season, and I I I wasn't sure exactly how this all played out in my memory either. So I was I was like, yeah, okay, this this I completely bought this, and I wasn't sure I would. And but, what I like too is I like number one the way he acted it, the way he sort of portrayed yeah. his character because he really was. I mean, you he had to walk this super fine line where you get the sense that he internally he hates what he's doing and he's not trying. He does he's not trying to be mean to she. Not he doesn't want to betray Sheridan. He doesn't want to hurt Sheridan or any of these people. But he's got to play this role now because um, he sort yeah. of. I think he fully understands all of the rules as soon as you know he's, he's he's a much he's a much sharper guy than the regent and yeah and so uh so he he's very good at at sort of rebuking but also getting them to safety and just the way he acted that that out i don't know i i because I, I was a little bit wary going in i was like ah i've seen londo be like this i've seen him be like that i don't know if i'm gonna you know how is he gonna pull this off and the and and it was like a drastic character change that worked really well it's like he became the emperor and uh yeah and it and it was effective and i also liked the way i liked the the effects of the inauguration like when he when he the way he like when they had him projecting himself to talk to the people that was awesome yeah. that was that, that was, was great and then when they had him walk he decided to, to go huh. alone and and just the well number oh. one there's, they use a lot of red brick on Centauri Prime. We have a lot of red brick in Massachusetts, so that was one of the first things I noted. I was like, "That's an awful <laughs> lot of red brick," um, and and that's an un- that's a unique choice for a um, for a science fiction setting. Do you know what I mean? Like red brick, you really tie yourself to 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 certain eras and places, and so it, uh, it I, I thought it was kind of a cool aesthetic when I when I started mm-hmm. to sort of get. I got a much better picture of what Centauri Prime looks like. Um, but yeah, so I I, I, lo- I liked all that stuff. I like that Jakar is going back to Babylon Five too. That uh, I thought that we were gonna have Jakar stuck on Centauri Prime through all this, and and so yeah, got him off. yeah. The and the Londo Jakar stuff in this episode is just fantastic. I mean, you know, you have this obviously you have the scene of of Jakar forgiving Londo, which is a big deal, but. I also really like the last scene with Londo and Jakar where Londo is he's at this point he's got the keeper, he's gotta have the act of you people all need to get out of here, go and and he's gotta be stern. He's already given the speech and I it would have been easy to have the scene be, you know, Jakar gets angry because Londo's suddenly being a jerk again and have him go off. But it's like there's just this kind of curious look to Jakar and he's like, Okay, I respect you, I 
I, I know you're doing something weird here, but yeah. you know, it's your thing you've got to do. They would, this, he he kind of does that little kind of, you know, gesture of respect at the end and stuff. And it's just like, it's like they're, they're close enough at this point that even though Wando is acting crazy, Jakar's like, okay, I'm going to leave you to do this thing you feel you need to do. It well, was a much better ending. Well, because they kind of go through the same thing. Like, like uh, Jakar is losing his ability to choose as well because of his yeah. whole deification, I guess. You know, he's sort of becoming a religious figure. Mm-hmm. And it's on a much more rooted, sort of grounded uh, level than what's going on with Londo. Londo is sort of a much yeah. more enhanced version of this problem, um, where it sort of takes the, you know, how, how a position of power like that necessarily changes you and adding in all these other elements that, that, that just, you know, to just drive, put it into overdrive. And, uh, Jakar has got, a you know, like the, like the more sort of re- real version of that problem. Um, yeah, but I think so. I think number one, they sort of understand each other from that. But also, Londo told him, "You're going to hear some things about me in the coming <laughs> months," you know. And, and so, so he warned him. And and I think I think they've been through enough that, like, they both sort of. I don't know. I mean, Jakar's Jakar's whole story has been about his forgiveness for, and, and so he's finally reached this point where he can forgive Londo, and he's not just gonna like you know that that was a long that was a long journey for him he's not going to just sort of you know reverse that decision i think um, yeah and so so yeah i don't know it was, it was an interesting moment i also thought the uh the region had some really great moments in in these two episodes um, oh yeah that that you know you know they i like that they took the most silly character you know on centauri prime arguably in the show and and they really gave him like he he became something really moving and interesting and and he i don't know like they redeemed that character in a, in a, in in some big ways with those those final moments um yeah and uh, and so i don't know i, I just i just and, and i thought i mean a lot of it was the acting a lot of it was just the situation and the dialogue but it was a uh, that you know again they they took a character that would have just been a two-dimensional you know, this is the funny guy who cares about drapes. And they took that funny element, the drapes, and they just ran with it the whole way to the end. And they <laughs> made it important. That's that's sort yeah. of what I liked about it. Like, they, they, you know, they, this, the fact that this guy sort of was aware he was a silly, unimportant, not unimportant, but a silly person that people probably made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I felt for that guy in that moment. And he also, and then when he kind of brought it around and he's like, but I'm a Centauri, so I'm not like afraid. Like, that was... I don't know. It just it just worked. Yeah, it worked. yeah. It was that was a powerful line there. It's uh, and yeah, because I'm it, it's it's well, it's interesting because uh, you know, I think I brought this up in a previous episode, but I I I like the fact that you know this this all happens with the regent because you know, Wando basically ran away. He like you know he's got this he's had these visions of you know being the emperor and it being this dark, horrible thing. And he's like, he's just running away from being the emperor. And, you know, you could almost think maybe if Londo had stuck around right after the shadow war on Centauri prime, he might've been able to stop all this from happening. He might've been savvy enough to stop the drock from getting in there and taking over. I mean, he might not have, but it's, it's the classic, you know, uh, tragedy thing of someone trying to avert their their destiny and perhaps that's actually what caused it so it's it's an interesting uh interesting angle there and i gotta say the drock are super creepy uh yeah i think we've seen the drock before in the previous season if you remember but that was like that okay we we did see the drock before but wasn't it that really weird sort of guy yeah like i we're not going to get more of them are we like have they kind of refined the concept of the draw because that yeah i guess they probably thought that was a little probably the special effects in that were a little too involved to uh use on a regular basis because i really like this draw a lot better than that one that one was weird i wouldn't want that for uh to be the big bad for the rest of the season uh yeah we did we did see like there or maybe it was just in the dream but we did see multiple types of aliens there's the question too are the drock are the drock an alien species or are they just a collective of different different 
different servants of the shadows. So, you know, which is another possibility. Well, I think that dream didn't happen at all because that's why that's why I bring it up as being yeah. part of the dream. I'm like, well, are there? Because that was in the dream, so I don't know. No, because because the dream suggested. I thought when you see the dream sequence, it looks like, oh, that's how he's going to get the keeper. They're going to surgically implant yeah. it. But then when he actually gets the keeper, nope. But the guy just takes something off his shoulder, and it you know goes over and sticks into the into Londo's body on its own, and it's like a fully organic thing. That that dream sequence doesn't seem like it was required for that that exchange to occur so i think no. the dream sequence was londo's own sense something's really wrong here and he was putting the pieces together in his head do you know what i mean like he was sort of yeah well he was definitely tapping into something and i mean he you know and i mean being a you know a, a centauri he does get visions from the future to an extent so you know it's it's tough to say you know obviously the surgery part wasn't real but you know the aliens you know I don't know. It's 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 very inconclusive. You can't say. <laughs> but the the other thing we get is um, uh, they have a meeting, and Lita Alexander is sort of back in the um, back in the inner circle. I noticed. Um, yeah. Which I gotta say, you know, like given what happens with her in the next episode, that I I feel like they. They they really they, they they really again Sheridan could really solve a lot of their problems if he just uh, um, if he if he just knew when to give people the attention they need and give them you know like uh, like and we've been saying this with Lita Alexander for a long time but so much of what's going on with her is really just about her not being given you know the time of day and not being given. The recognition, yeah. despite all of the things she's contributed, um, I feel like there needs to be like an annual stipend for anybody that was part, like anybody that was involved, <laughs> like any main cast member that was involved in any stuff, any of the stuff that happened, should be getting money from Babylon Five on a regular basis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, a pension of some kind. Like, it's uh, like hopefully Ivanova's got some money coming to her from Babylon Five wherever she is right now. You know, like she's uh, captaining a ship. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, but I don't know. I agree. I mean, it's, it's interesting how different, uh, Sheridan is this season. I mean, he's, he's just so harried all the time. It's like the weight, the weight of what he's doing is really, you know, it's like, you know, we see, we talk about other characters have been badly affected by it, but it's, you know, and, and obviously there's the whole, the whole drunk Garibaldi thing and, and and that but it's like is that next you know, episode not, or this episode that that's that's more next episode but i'm just i'm just kind of bringing it up from the standpoint that uh you know it, it's like it seems like sheridan sheridan is, is suffering from the stress as this as much as anyone else and it's 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 like the a lot of the bad decisions come from the fact that i think he he hasn't had any break and i mean and he even had had the horrible horrible torture between uh you know, between at the end of last season too, and he just, well, I, 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 I just don't think he's staying on top of things. Well, I mean, see, that's the thing. If, if the, if the, if the, 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 the torture guy in the in that episode had just, you know, given him paperwork instead of a poison sandwich, you know, he probably could have gotten, you know, made some headway. Um, I, I think we're, exactly. you know, uh, busy work is 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 uh, seems to be his kryptonite and. I, yeah, I think I think he's. He, I mean, they've they've suggested it with a lot of like the little scenes whenever people, you know, he's always doing something, and so I think he, uh, I think I think the thing to keep that that I'm keeping in mind with his character and all these scenes is every decision he's making is in between other pressing matters, and so he's yeah, you know, it, it seems to be affecting things. Though he was we, when we get to the next episode, we'll see he was more on the ball than I was giving him credit for, um, but yeah. Uh, but he uh, still he still let it happen. Yeah. It's a kind of a thing. It's like he saw the warning signs and he just never, well, never got around to dealing with it. The, the key thing there is when did he begin to like how like at what point exactly did he begin to suspect? Because that's that's a really important yeah. line. But we should get into the next episode, I guess, unless sure. there's something to to say on this one. But the the next one episode uh, is oh go ahead. No, say no. I think I'm ready for the next one here. So, so if uh, I'm, so let me see if I can remember the plot to this one. This one was uh, uh, Gar Garibaldi's <laughs> alcoholism comes to like explodes 
uh, like everybody is like instantly aware that he's an alcoholic at a meeting and 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 he has to go on leave or he gets suspended and he has to deal with his demons and he's helped by Lockley but there's this other side plot with Lita where uh, where they need to arrest her because all of those bombings of Psycor and stuff they've all been, they've been traced back to like money passing through Babylon 5 and basically like it's all it's all like if I got it Lita's been funding a terrorist campaign on earth against Psycor and and so Zack and Lockley go to arrest her and they discover to their horror just how powerful she is. Yeah. Um, she she can basically manipulate everybody in the room at once. Like like if you thought the shadow uh telepath thing was was impressive so here's the thing why didn't she just win the damn war for them like in the i i i don't think she's i mean the thing is she's only recently really been pushing you know they've kind of remember she they had that that thing with garibaldi waking up at night and she's going yeah i'm looking to see what i can i'm really pushing it and seeing what i can do you know i don't i don't think she could i mean well i don't think she knew she could do this stuff back at that time it's uh she, she's just she's just been pushing and pushing and pushing and she got to that point so so it takes Sheridan to arrest her because he's also been touched by a Vorlon. And so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was the wording they used too, as well. That was that uh, touched by a Vorlon. Yeah, yes. um, and so, uh, uh, so he puts a gun to her head and they arrest her. And then they like, they, they do the Magneto thing. They like put her in like a cell where like, she, like all yeah. of her powers are like, she can't do anything. And, and, uh, and, and uh, then you get the whole storyline again with um, with Garibaldi and his wife returns, and they're gonna go live on Mars. And he's gonna uh, what's the name of the organ the, the company that his wife is now in control of? Um, oh uh, boy, um, yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, I think it's the husband's name, but I've forgotten his but, name. But too. you already well, Ed- Edgar. Well, is it? Well, Edgar's, Edgar's Industries, name. right? Is it Edgar's, Edgar's Industries? Industries? Yeah. So, so he's gonna basically. So his wife is is or his ex wife is is now. Was she even his wife, or were they just dating? I don't think they're married yet. Okay. No. Or so, yeah, I don't think so. No. But but she's his ex, and and she basically says she's gonna give him half the company. You know, which yeah, I don't know. That seems like a questionable choice, given that he's like in the throes of this alcoholic spiral right now. Um, but I, I don't know if she meant it literally that she was handing half the company yeah. to him or just, hey, by being married, you'll, you know, I so I, I'm not sure how literal that terminology was. Because I could but. see him, you know, just making a really bad decision with, uh, uh, you know, whatever, what, you know, whatever authority he has within the company. Um, yeah. You know, in yeah. this state that he's in. Uh, but. But he, he ends up deciding to go to Mars. And he also has, like, a nice uh, uh, sort of moment with Sheridan uh, when when the alcoholism comes to light. And then he tries to cut a deal with Lita. And and and, and they're able to sort of... And I think at the end of the episode, what ends up happening is Lita and Jakar are going to go off together. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you, they sort of get paired off as wanderers through space. And... Uh, it was a lot. Of, I mean, I, I'm butchering the plot, but there was a lot in this episode. And, uh, and... Yeah, that that yeah, those were there were those two plot lines going on. I feel what was the other plot line going on here? Um, but yeah, I don't know the uh, the the Garibaldi alcoholism thing. I think was a little heavy in parts of the episode. I was like, uh, I, it, it kind of worked, but I wasn't a big fan of having Lockley be an alcoholic too that um yeah the reason why is i can understand putting garibaldi in that kind of position despite him being an alcoholic i don't understand why you would you know i mean presumably sheridan knows that lockley is an alcoholic that seems like a really risky like i mean given given like the the precarious nature of their enterprise like well, I don't know. I, I think with Lockley, it's not an issue from the standpoint that I, I think, you know, she, she stopped drinking when when Zoe died based on what we've learned in this episode and what we learned in the previous one. So it's like, I think, you know, she was probably like 19 or something yeah. like that, you know. So it's like, I don't think it's anything that's part of her record or her adult life. It's like something okay. she went through, you know, and 
Yeah, stuff like that doesn't really count against you. With Garibaldi, Garibaldi was a guy who would, you know, screw up his jobs time and time again because he was he was an alcoholic. So I, I think, you know, I think I think as far as looking at someone's employment record, I think Lockley's clean in that regard. Okay, you know? okay, that's that's probably fair. I still did find it kind of too much. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I just didn't need the. Well, yeah, I'm an alcoholic too, kind of. Yeah. You know, like I think I think she could have empathized with him without having to have the same exact experience. Hey, just having her well, dad be an alcoholic would have been sufficient in that exchange. Having 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 him team up with Lita and uh, have his opportunity to get revenge on Bester was a much cleaner, more interesting path for him to go. Okay, because you know, that that was what drove him over the edge anyway. Was yeah. not being able to ever get vengeance against Bester, and it's like, you know, Lita being able to clear that path for him. I I think you know that 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 solved the problem. So the the whole Lockley thing just felt superfluous. Well, and, I, and I, I really do wonder how much of that was stuff that was planted in his head by Lita. Do you know what I mean? Because we have that scene where she wakes him up in the middle of the night and it's a dream. That's true. So, That's true. So, She's already been rummaging around in his head. Because it was her counteroffer that, because uh, initially he goes in there and he's like, look, uh, I forget what his offer was, but it was basically that uh, he would, he, he would, he would like, you know, get her, he would get her status cleaned up and like she would help him on Mars, I think. And yeah. And she's like, no, how about, you know, you help me get revenge against Bester? Like, how about that? And, and uh, I mean, there's more to it yeah. than that. But that's kind of the arrangement that they end up with. And, uh, and you know, so, I mean, he's kind of just doing, I mean, obviously he, that thought was probably there with him before anyways. But, uh, and, and she did it very smart. She did it so that uh, he has to prove himself first. And then, and then if he, if, if, if he, uh if he does it, then she's going to take out the um, the block that Bester put in, so he can get his revenge. So it's yeah. like a, so she's using Bester's block as a motivation device, and uh, so I, I I don't know I liked where Lita went, and I like I kind of like the idea of her ending up with Shikar because, um, and you're going to see this when we get to Return of Condor Heroes, but Shikar <laughs> is becoming like a he he's becoming almost like a uh, he's a religious figure now. And he's like, he's like, and, and, and there's a, there are these two characters in uh, Return of Condor Heroes. And one of them is uh, Reverend Yi Dang. The, uh, the, remember when we did the uh, Brave Archer series, you had the, um, the guy that did the, the Yang finger technique that we were all yes. talking about. And you remember the, um, the Iron Palm guy, the really bad, bad, bad man in, uh, in Brave Archer. He, he, yes. he palmed uh, uh, Huang Rong Palmed and he killed a baby. Yeah. So in Return of Condor Heroes, he becomes a monk under Reverend Yi Dang, and he's seeking redemption, and ah. and so that situation reminds me a lot of their uh, of the situation that's emerging between Lita and Jakar. At least that's what Jakar seems to be aiming for. She might get the upper hand, but <laughs> but uh, but but I can sort of see it's a it's it's a different religion, it's a different situation, but it's a similar thing where he I think he's gonna he's sort of seeing ah I can shepherd her through this dark terrain and yeah and at the end of it maybe she won't want revenge you know what i mean i think that's where he's trying to go with this and yeah no that makes sense and I, I, I mean you've got that angle and it's just the fact they they like each other too they, they have a nice chemistry when you know, it's characters together you're like oh you know it it, it, it works for me but well, yeah that, i like the uh, i like that that I, I completely forgot we had the whole flirtation scene with them where we re- uh, a couple of episodes ago that yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying it's yeah. like it, it's it's like I, I I buy them as a couple it's like yeah they, they and I mean it's interesting too with this being we're, we're moving into the very end of the show it allows you to do certain things that would be difficult to do otherwise like Lita Lita is just the a god at this point it's yeah. like she could do pretty much anything she wants you know it's like i feel like even in that cell like the point where she like blows up the camera i kind of feel like that's her way of saying you know i could have walked out of here at any point mm. you know i'm just I, I just don't have anywhere you know i i just don't want to fight at the moment you know it's like she uh you know i, I feel like if she wanted to get out of that cell she could have but you know it's kind of thing where if you'd made her this powerful like a season ago, then you would have been like, what are we going to do with this character? This character, I mean, it's kind of talking about Sinclair being the guy who could solve any problem in season one. It's like, you know, this, 
this character that the character can either become a villain and go off the rails and become a you know because they're they're powerful they've gone crazy which they, they've they've gone a little bit like that but they haven't gone all the way over with it but uh, but with this way you can actually have her become that powerful in a realistic way and you don't have to deal with it all the way down the line because she's leaving the show the show's leaving it's it's over yeah you'll end up with a angel summoner bmx bandit type uh, yeah, exactly uh, exactly uh, so it's, but, it's something they can do just because of where we are in the series with her too i feel like well it's interesting because number one i know in a way sheridan's hands are bound because he's dealing with what's her name president luchenko and um uh, mm-hmm. He's trying to get those ships made, so he needs Earth to kind of... And, he, and there's a war going on, so the last thing he needs is conflict with Earth, probably. But oh, yeah. I feel Earth, like... Earth and the Centauri yeah. would be, uh, you know, that's, that would not be something they could necessarily win. At the same time, I don't know that arresting Lita Alexander is the best thing to do in that situation. I feel like uh, she's clearly very powerful. And not only that, but she's somebody... Like, he owes her. Like, they owe her. They owe her something. And so yeah. I feel like arresting her there, that was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of a jerk move, I thought, on their part. Like, I understood why they oh, were Oh, it was. It. it was. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it goes back to, this is a problem because they didn't fix it earlier in the yeah. sense that no one, no one has reached out to Lita enough. They haven't, they haven't cultivated her as an ally in the way that they have with other people. It's like, it, you know, if, if, if Sheridan was staying on the ball, he would have been in a position where he just could have gone and talked to Lita face to face, but he doesn't have that kind of a relationship with Lita. Yeah. So it put them in this situation. And, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, I felt like another point where Sheridan made that mistake, the whole scene with him calling out Garibaldi for being drunk, it felt like, okay, you already suspected this Sheridan. Did you have to do it during the meeting? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that just felt very, well, you know, undiplomatic. There. I think I think he wanted Garibaldi to feel the pain of it, though. Do you know what I mean? I think he True. wanted him to like, you know, because because here's the thing: Garibaldi's like a denier, and I think if he if Garibaldi yeah. came in and he was like, "I smell alcohol in your breath. Have you been drinking?" But no, I'm not drinking. You know, and then he, that's a yeah. ridiculous accusation. You know, no, I'm not going to take any test. I won't stand for. It. He's just that sort of guy. But when he falls on his face in front of everybody like that, it. it, it he has no choice but to admit it. So I think he was just kind of checkmating him in that situation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can buy that. I mean, and also, I mean, it's not like it's not like Sheridan needs to be perfect either. I mean, I can see, you know, just being angry about it and doing it. It's uh, not like people need to make the, the perfect chess move every time anyway. Well, it was funny, too, because obviously most of his compassion was being driven by his conversation with the Len. And, mm-hmm. and he was legit. I think he was legitimately angry. I think rightfully angry at Garibaldi. Yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. And so I think that was the genuine emotion. And and it was just tempered by the fact that he had spoken with Delenn five minutes ago, and she had you know told him to be more compassionate. And so you know it's sort of <laughs> like it's sort of like if you were a kid and you're and, and you know the dynamics different in every family. But if you're if you're if your mother convinced your father to kind of go a little bit easier on you than he than he normally would and then you ha- you know you the punishment is less severe even though you know that underneath it all there's the the, the punishment was supposed to be much worse um yeah i think that's kind of the type of situation it was um and uh and so so yeah i don't know i i i, I enjoy i i kind of I, I also it, it was it was odd in a way too because um you know he he said he was telling Garibaldi that he's his friend and he's not good. He doesn't want to make the same mistake he made before. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. Um, at the same time, I don't know how, how good friends are they? Like, you know, at this, at this know. point in their relationship, there's, there's been a lot of tension. So, uh, so I think when, you know, Garibaldi deciding to move to Mars makes a lot of sense in the wake of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just walking away is the thing to do. And he can go, he can go fight his, his secret war against the, uh, Psychor. And it <laughs> fulfills a... Sheridan's threat to Bester way back when, when they were in that room together. And he said that Garibaldi is going to get back at you. I don't know how, I don't know when, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, so there's that, but was there anything else this episode that we, uh, that we didn't cover? 
Uh, well, obviously, there's the whole pregnancy thing, which we touched on when we were talking about the last episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know that there was a whole lot of plot with regard to that as much as the revelation. Well, um, th- that involved Franklin, and Franklin had a couple of important moments this episode. I thought that was, that was I mean, Jalen being pregnant is obviously a big plot point. And, oh, it was the whole, yeah, I mean, the whole Jakar thing, too, with the Pilgrims. We haven't talked about, I mean, we, we indirectly talked about it in regards to them teaming up with Lita, but there is the whole plot line with that, yeah. Yeah, because he has to leave the ship, basically, because <laughs> he, he, he needs to, they want him to go to Narn, and if he, but if he goes to Narn, he's going to have the problem of being a prophet. If he stays in the ship, things will get disrupted because so many people are coming to see him. So his solution is to go wander, which I think is the right solution for that character. That you know, he's yeah, roaming through the galaxy. It's a great galaxy. solution. Yeah, that that <laughs> makes sense to me. Uh, and we got a taste of it that you know, right before he got captured and brought to Centauri Prime, where you know, just this vision of him roaming, uh, you know, sort of the you know, all these planetary systems and going on adventures is is kind of what I'm, I imagine happening to Jakar. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, but with the Franklin stuff, you know, and the and the, and the pregnancy, I, I mean, that's obviously important. We know that them having a son or something is is relevant in the final episode. So, you know, it's kind of like a plot point that kind of has to happen. But again, I'm still really wondering about the parentage. I don't think I'm I'm not convinced that this is a because because they only added to my suspicions when when there was the when 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 Franklin and t- he was talking to Franklin and Frank and he said you said like this pro- they pro- we pro- wouldn't even be able to have a baby it was like a four hundred to one chance and so so that made me think oh maybe 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 it's maybe it's half maybe it's like three three quarters Mimbari do you know what I mean yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I th- I I think there's a, there's a lot of reason to be suspicious uh, of 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 the parentage here. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, we'll have to look for more clues in the remaining three episodes. <laughs> but but also, Franklin had a good moment where he kind of came to Lita Alexander's defense, where I think Sheridan was sort of just was Sheridan or Lockby, I don't remember who, maybe even Garibaldi, but somebody was sort of outraged over you know all the problems that she's causing for them and he's like well she only went through this and then this yeah. and then this and then this and he like listed off every bad thing that happened to her and and it, it yeah. was sort of like you know like at any one of those points it would have driven pretty much anyone else over the edge and so uh yeah like you've mentioned before franklin was kind of a prickly character early on but he's just in this season he's just an entirely likable character it's just without it's a, in again, a good I way I think what's funny about it is how the things that make him likable, they're the things that I, we didn't like about him before because they've come around. Like they've yeah. been, they've, they, they, they've been, they were rough, like all of these character features that were, you know, the self-righteousness and the indignation, all the, the stuff that was kind of rough around the edges and, and, and made him so prickly. Uh, he learned how to use those better, I think over mm-hmm. time. And he, and he kind of came more into his own and, and just got more comfortable in his own skin. and, and, and and now he's a very I don't know he's he's one of the, he's one of the best characters in the show and yeah. I mean it's kind of it's kind of like what happened with the Regent but on a much larger scale um, yeah. yeah and uh, and so yeah, yeah. I, I, he's still he's still being the one guy who's kind of morally taking the moral high ground over everyone else in that lead a conversation but he's doing it in a way that you're just like it's it's in a nice way as opposed to the I'm I'm better than everybody. He's just just pointing it out. <laughs> well, and it's also he also seems to be picking his battles better with that. You know, he's exactly. not doing it. He's not exactly. doing it over over the menu selection in the mess hall. He's doing it over <laughs> really important things. Where you know, so yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it makes sense. And I, once again, and he is a character that's friends with Lita. He's the he's the person in the command staff that. You know, he, he and Lita can go off on an adventure together and, you know, yeah, and I, work together. I thought it was either going to be him and Lita or... Actually, I didn't even I didn't even think it was going to be Jakar and Lita. That totally... Even after the That's flirting, it. that surprised me. Um, but uh-huh. I, for a while, I thought they were going to end up together somehow. Uh, if they were going st- to start pairing people off in any way, that seemed like a natural... Uh, they seem like a natural couple because they have they have chemistry and, mm-hmm. they, and they have a, a history that... Uh, you know where they where they they're both kind of on the same page. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that that would have 
I would have accepted that as a alternative uh, ending too, but. But I, but I like the interspecies relationships in Babylon Five. So I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, you know, I don't think we've ever seen. Have we seen a Narn aside from like you know a one night stand or an error or you know have we ever actually seen a Narn as a you know involved with like a human or another species? Is that no? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I, I had my phone go off earlier, so I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't complain about that. And, uh, and I guess that's the signal that we should probably be wrapping things up because I'm going to take my pills in a moment. Um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here unless there's something you want to add. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back on, on Wednesday. We're either going to do the, the two remaining episodes and then the finale as a separate one, or we'll do them all together as one thing, right? That's to the um, – so we haven't decided yet, but we'll talk about that after the podcast. And on Friday, we're going to be doing the Shadow Whip. I think people should definitely go on Amazon, watch it. It's probably going to be maybe just me and Adam or me, Adam, and Kenny on Friday. And then uh, the following week will be the full crowd again. But, uh, you know, definitely watch that and, and, and come listen on the podcast. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll, we'll be back on and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>